Good morning. How is everybody? So we have arrived to our uh, last lecture for this seminar. Uh, we will start with uh, 10 minutes of uh, one-pointed uh, concentration, the Dharana practice, to prepare the mind for the teaching and to see, to check again how it is uh, that the mind becomes more stable and how we can uh, see better the thing that we focus on. After that, we will uh, continue to investigate into uh, the difference between us and all the other things. So yesterday we saw the difference between us and uh, body sensations and sounds, and it will basically be uh, the same for any sense perception that we will check. And today we continue to check uh, the difference between us and thoughts and us and emotions uh, or uh, and identities and uh, actually. Uh, basically, whatever object of perception we have, we want to see that we are different than this uh, experience. So um, this is what we're going to do. And then we have to still to investigate into then the nature of ourself to see how it, this is connected to be free <coughs> from suffering, to the state of Kaivalya. And then uh, after our investigation is uh, complete, we can continue to discuss uh, the nature of action, how it is now the Karma Yoga, how it will be our action in the world, and eventually how we reach the state of Bhakti Yoga, uh, the service in the world. Any questions and, or something before we start? Okay, so uh, let's uh, prepare for the Dharana practice. So make sure your body is comfortable and steady, your posture is comfortable. Close your eyes. You can take a few moments to be with the body until it finds its place. So you don't need to hurry. Also when you practice at home, don't need to rush and immediately start concentrating. You can take some time to prepare the body. Relax the tension from the face. Then see that your breath is also steady, relaxed. If you need, you can gently change the pattern of the breath to make it more slow, more gentle. And you will see how the mind also changes patterns. And then let us remind ourselves that this is an intimate moment between us and our mind. That this is not a struggle. This is not a fight. This is an opportunity to treat the mind better, to give it the condition, its conditions it needs in order to become more clear and better tool for us. So it's like a riding lesson or a driving lesson. So no struggle there. A little bit of curiosity will help. And a little bit of smile to work together with your mind. 
And then remind yourself that you have the ability to use the mind at will. You can direct the mind or direct your attention to wherever you want. So it's not about fighting, it's about mastering. And then gently start direct your mind or direct your attention to the breath. And see that immediately you become aware of the breath. And you can follow each inhale and each exhale. And this is the direction we want to keep on going towards. This is our abhyasa, this is our effort to go towards the breath, to be aware of the breath in any given moment. It doesn't matter how the breath is. It doesn't matter if your mind wants to go to other thoughts or sounds or ideas. It doesn't matter how many times your attention goes to other places. The only thing it, that matters is that you remember that you are riding towards the breath, that this is your goal. And then you will see that doesn't matter what strong force is working on you, even if you are very tired or you feel a little bit like uh, anxious or ready to finish the practice or you have some desire to open your eyes, you will see that doesn't matter which force is working to take your attention away because you are the master, you can direct it again and again back to the breath. Don't wait for the mind to be quiet. It will not be quiet. Like a horse, it will always want to go to the sides of the road where there are grass and flowers and interesting stuff. But because you are there mastering the horse, mastering the mind, eventually it goes in the direction you want. So don't look for success in the form of concentration or stillness of the mind. The success is the fact that we can continue the practice. Do a biyasa, hold the effort on going towards the breath, and giving up on holding everything else. It will still be there, only we don't hold it with our attention. Every time the attention goes there, we let go and we return to the breath. If you feel your mind very agitated, you can count breaths from 1 to 10. If you feel your mind pretty submissive, you can just follow the breath, every inhale and every exhale from beginning to end without counting. We will stay for another 10 minutes, attention on the breath, let go of everything that is different than that.
keep directing your attention again and again to the breath. It doesn't matter what you think of the practice, what you think of the breath. Everything that is different than directing attention to the breath, let go of it. It doesn't matter how you feel during the practice, let go of it. Continue directing your attention to the breath, see what happens to the mind. Gently release your attention, deepen the breath, see how you feel, 
And when you're ready, open your eyes. How do you feel this practice? Okay, it becomes more clear what uh, to do there. These two actions of uh, going, putting the efforts, effort towards the object and letting go of everything else. Are you able to see what happens in the mind during the practice? Can you see? Comes. Yeah, comes down. Were you able to notice? Mm -hmm. Very good. So this is our practice, uh, that, uh, as I said, it's good if you can keep it five minutes every day. You will see your ability to master the mind improving. It doesn't mean that the mind will not move. It will always move. Only when you want to use it, you will have the ability to use it in a proper way. This is the idea. Um, any questions regarding this practice? Yes. I find a big difference between counting and not counting. Mm -hmm. The counting sort of, it annoys me, sort of makes me tired, and it just annoyed me. So I don't know whether I should do it because I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Different, different has a different taste to it. Yeah. Well, the when we count, it's a little bit just uh, more gross. This helps us to concentrate because we can follow the numbers and we know it's like and it occupies the mind, the place of the thoughts, because I have to keep on counting. But if you can follow the breath. Well, without accounting, then it, you, it's better you do without. Okay? Good. Any other questions? Okay. So now we continue to another the next practice to start to, uh, well, to the investigation, the Nyana Yoga. Investigation into the nature of ourself uh, opposing the nature of other things. Um, we will uh, start a little bit with the sounds, only to remind ourselves this uh, very distinct... Um, difference between us and then we will go to check it on uh, thoughts and feelings uh, to do it on thoughts and feelings we're going to uh, create them artificially so we will be able to easily check how it is um, so it will be a little bit maybe different than the daily life because uh, the thoughts are not going to be so you know so maybe strong because we are creating them artificially and the emotions the same uh, but uh, this uh, prepares us or teaches us how to do it later uh, on the um, spontaneous or random thoughts and feelings that we have. Um, sometimes some people uh, find it a little bit difficult to create uh, thoughts and feelings, emotions on, at will. But uh, try your best to do it and uh, don't expect it to be so strong like in daily life. But it is enough if we can create them a little bit and it will give us already the idea of the difference between us and thoughts and feelings. All right? So sit again in a comfortable way, close your eyes. See that the body and the breath are relaxed. When you feel ready, direct your attention to the sense of hearing, to the sounds around you. And just become aware of the nature of sounds, how they appear, disappear, change, transform their temporary nature and see how there are many, many different sounds. 
and become aware of your own nature as the perceiver of the sounds, the one who is aware of the sounds, and how you are not depending on the sounds. They can come and they can go and you stay the same. You just observe. See that your nature is different than the nature of sounds because you are always there observing and the sounds come and go. So just a few moments in silence, realizing this difference between us, the observers, and the sounds, the object that we observe. A few minutes in silence and then we continue to check it on more things. Stay with your eyes closed, release the tension from the sounds. I hope you were able to see the difference between you and the sounds. And now we're going to start to create thoughts artificially and start to check the difference between us and our thoughts. A thought is like a mental sentence that appears in words. So it's either we like hear the words mentally or we see them or we know them. But it's a mental sentence. So we are going to artificially create this kind of short mental sentences and see that we can become aware of them. So create the thought, uh, what a wonderful day. Think it in mentally. What a wonderful day. And repeat this, this uh, thought a few times. What a wonderful day. See that this thought has a beginning and an end. It starts with what and ends with day. What a wonderful day. And see that you are the one who is aware of the thought. You can see it rising and going. What a wonderful day. And now create the thought, what a horrible day. And see that this is another thought, a different thought, that also has a beginning and an end. What a horrible day. Repeat it a few times. See that you are the one who is aware of this thought. What a horrible day.
And now you can change between what a wonderful day, bring the thought what a wonderful day, and then bring the thought what, what a horrible day, and check. Do you, who is aware of the thought, do you end when the one thought ends? And do you start again when a new thought comes? Switch between the two thoughts and check. Do you start and end like the thoughts? And see that you who is aware, you are always there, aware, and it is only the thoughts that start and end. Continue repeating them and see. And check for you who is aware of the thought, of the thoughts, does it matter if the thought says what a beautiful day or if the thought says what a horrible day? Maybe each thought brings a different feeling, but check if you who is aware of the thought, do you change? Or your ability to be aware of the thoughts, does this ability change when you change between what a wonderful day and what a horrible day? And see that you who is aware of the thought, you don't depend on the kind of thought or on the content of the thought. It can be any content, but you who is aware, you stay the same, only aware. Check and you will see. And now bring the thought, I cannot take it anymore. Repeat it a few times. I cannot take it anymore. And see that you can be aware of this thought. And then bring the thought, I can do everything. And see that you can be aware of the thought also, I can do everything. So we have two thoughts. One, I cannot take it anymore. And the other one, I can do everything. <coughs> and check. Are you who is aware of the thought? Do you change because of the change of the thoughts? Do you start and end with the thoughts? Does your existence depend on the content of the thoughts? I cannot take it anymore, or I can do everything. Does any of the thought, thoughts say something about you? Influence you?
and see that you who is aware you stay the same only aware it is the content of the thoughts that change changes and maybe the feeling they bring but you who is aware you stay exactly the same doesn't matter if you think that you can do everything or if you think you cannot do it anymore it doesn't influence you even not a little bit check and you will see See that your existence as an observer is completely free from the thoughts, it is not depending on the thoughts or on the content of the thoughts. I can do everything or I cannot do it, doesn't change you, doesn't say nothing about you who is aware of the thoughts. And now continue creating whatever kind of thoughts you want. Bring little short sentences, start to create whatever. And you can take the most ridiculous thoughts or the most horrible thoughts like I want to kill myself, I want to kill other people, whatever. I hate this person, I like this person. Bring whatever thoughts you want and see. Do you depend on the thoughts? Do you start and end with the thoughts? Does any of the thoughts changes you who is aware of the thoughts? Just freely play with it and check. And see that whatever thought you bring, it is the content of the thought that changes, yes. The feeling of the thought that changes, yes. But you who is aware of the thoughts, you are not changing even a little bit. You stay aware and you can be aware of all thoughts. doesn't matter if they are nice one or horrible one. You can stay aware of all thoughts exactly the same, only aware. And think for one moment, if you had this understanding, this knowledge in your life, that you are completely different from any thought you have, and none of the thoughts changes you or indicates something about you or the world, if you had the knowledge that all thoughts are temporary and changing, but you stay exactly the same, only aware, how would this knowledge influence your life?
And then think a nice thought. Think what a wonderful day. And then release your attention from the thoughts. Take a deep breath. And when you feel ready, open your eyes. Okay, so let's see if it worked for us. Uh, were you able to create different thoughts? Were you able to... Not so much? Hmm? Um, I could create the thoughts, but I, like, I can feel in a way a response, like a, a feeling. Oh, you didn't have to feel hmm. a feeling. You just had to create the thoughts. Yeah, like, like hmm. mental sentences. Yes, yeah. exactly. This is what the idea. Hmm. Okay? Sometimes they come with feelings. This is why I mention it, because then people get confused between the feelings and themselves. But the idea was to create the mental sentences. Uh, were you aware of the mental, the different mental sentences? Hmm? Did you see that each mental sentence had a beginning and an end? Do you agree? Did you end when one mental sentence ended, when one thought ended? No. Did you start again when another one started? Were you able to see that you were there all the time, only observing, aware of the thoughts, and it was the thoughts that came and go? Everybody agree on that? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Me, no. Only with your guidance. You know, it affected me each time, and it seemed to affect me a lot. Yeah, it affects what you feel. But you were still be able to be aware of the changes of the feeling. But you were still aware. Yeah, but if it even seemed to affect the awareness, or it seemed to, it made it much more... It's very different to doing the sounds. Completely yeah. di seems completely different. Yeah. If you weren't here, I'd say, yeah, I'd get affected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because later we're going to, uh, soon we're going to do it on the feelings as well. And you will see that some thoughts, they come with a feeling. For example, if I think I want to kill everybody, it comes with a feeling. But then I can see also that this feeling is something that I can observe, I can be aware of. And this feeling is also something that has a beginning and an end. But mm. since we did not yet investigate feelings and emotions, then it's a little bit confusing. And because this is more subtle and we have a lot of identification with our thoughts and our feelings, it's a little bit... Uh, more difficult to see the difference. But with the practice, it will come. Um, so, uh, were you affected, you who is aware of the thoughts, were you affected by the content of the thoughts? No, could you see it? That the ability to be aware of the thoughts it stays the same. I can be aware of the thought, what a wonderful day, and I can be aware in this exactly the same way of the thought, what a horrible day. So the content of the thought doesn't change us. The thoughts change, yeah. They have different content, yeah. They have, create different feelings, yeah. But us who are aware, we stay exactly the same, only aware. Um, any questions about this? Okay. In our uh, daily life, how is this knowledge going to help us if we have investigated again and again and realized fully that we are completely different than any thought that we have, that all thoughts are coming and going, but we stay the same, untouched, unmoved, not depending on what kind of thoughts do we have. How is this going to change our life or influence our life? It can be more goal-oriented, mm -hmm. not 
Okay, many times we can see how different thoughts that come, they take our attention away from something we are doing. For example, I start a project and then I have the thought that I cannot manage. And then many people, their attention goes to this thought, they take this thought as reality, as, as, as saying something about themselves, I cannot manage. And then they start to fight with this thought or struggle or uh, follow this thought and then they stop doing the things that the project demands from them. And then of course, they cannot manage the project. But imagine they had the knowledge that this thought is unavoidable, is going to come and is going to go up, but is not saying anything about me, is not influencing me, then it will be possible to continue direct attention to the actions the project needs. Uh, what will be the result of that? Very good. The project will manifest, the project will be finished. And what will happen to this thought that I cannot manage? Yeah. It will disappear. And this will happen again and again. And this is, already we can see an example for the Karma Yoga, what is going to be our practice uh, when we start to put this knowledge in our daily life. Uh, any other ideas? How is this going to influence our life? We are going to be free of whatever we think. Uh, for example, um, many times we can see uh, we have uh, thoughts of uh, you know what the point, what's the point in going on, or I want to kill myself, or even young children, no, not children, but like youth, you know, like uh, teenagers, they have this feeling of uh, I want to kill their, myself or this, this thought. If we had the knowledge that this is a temporary thought and can come and go, but doesn't say anything about us then we can start, just continue our life. But because people identify themselves with the thoughts or we teach our children or everybody to identify with the thoughts, then when a person has a thought that I want to kill myself, we think that this person is suicidal. And then we start to take action as if this person is suicidal and then all his life is taking another direction. But if the knowledge was there that this thought can come and go and doesn't say anything about the person itself, about this person who is aware, then it will be just another random thought equal to any other thought, like saying, oh, I love, I love my life. This is a random thought and this is a random thought. None of them say anything about the person itself, himself. Um, any questions about this? So are we different than our thoughts? In nature, yeah, were you able to see? We have this constant aware nature and the thoughts have a temporary and changing nature. Do you agree? Okay, good. So, uh, next thing we have to check is emotions. Emotions are a little bit more uh, subtle and we identify with them a little bit more and maybe they're a little bit uh, more difficult to create. Uh, but we are going to try our best and if it doesn't completely work for you, don't worry about it with the practice, you are going to do it better and you will be able to see. And I say again, they are not to, going to be so strong like in your daily life because we are creating them artificially. So don't worry if we create sadness and you don't feel completely sad, <laughs> okay? Because we are creating it artificially, it's not going to be the same experience in daily life. But if you do apply the same technique, watching your emotions in your daily life, you will see the same results. So don't worry about it. 
When we create uh, emotions, we have to consider one very interesting thing about emotions. We talk about many different emotions like anger, sadness, happiness, love, all of this. But when yoga views emotions, she says it, uh, eventually all emotions are only two sensations happening in our system. All the nice emotions, what we call love, happiness, all of this, what kind of feeling they create in our system? Expansion. Expansion. Very good. We can feel all our, our system expanding, whether it's the body or the breath or the mind, but this will be this expansion, this uh, comfortable feeling. And then all the thoughts which are anger, envy, whatever, sadness, what do they create in the system? Contraction. So, instead of talking of many different thoughts, uh, many different feelings or emotions, we can just create these two feelings, either expansion or contraction, and start to see the nature of them uh, compared to our nature and see if there is a difference there, if we can distinguish between these two things. All right? Any questions before we start? Yeah, one question. But the emotions also can stay in the body, no? Yeah, we said this feeling of expansion is all over the, the system. So we feel it in the body, we feel it in the breath, we feel it in the energy, we feel it in the mind. And then the contraction, we feel it in the body, in the breath, in the energy, in the mind. So this is one system. Yeah, yeah. It goes everywhere, okay? And you will see that you will feel it everywhere, but doesn't matter for us where. It matters that this feeling has the characteristic of being temporary and changing. Any other thoughts? Uh, questions? Okay, let's try. So, uh, again, sit in a comfortable way, close your eyes. So when you feel ready, think of uh, someone you love or some place that you love or your dog or whatever. And see immediately how a feeling of expansion and love is created in the system. If you need, you can think of different things that you love. It can also be food, it's okay. <laughs> but something that creates this feeling of love and expansion in the system. It's so nice to look at you because all of you have little smiles on the face. <laughs> okay, and see that you can be aware of this feeling, of this expansion, this nice feeling all over the system. And now think of something that makes you sad. Think of uh, maybe the uh, person that you love dying or your dog dying or I don't know, something sad that happened or something sad that is going to happen in the future. And see that all the feeling in the system now changes and how everything contracts.
and see that you can be aware of this feeling as well and you can imagine different bad things or sad things happening don't worry it's not going to happen in the reality it's only for now for checking but see that you can be aware of this feeling of contraction And now again think of something uh, nice. You can think of uh, something uh, nice that happened in the past or imagine that uh, you finally get something that you really was waiting for. Or you meet somebody you was uh, long waiting to meet or something like that, that you get something that you want. And see that again, a very nice feeling. Expansion is created in the system. And see that you can be aware of this as well. And now think of something that makes you angry. You can either think of something you know, that made you angry in the past, some fight you had with somebody, or the government, or imagine some situation that you're going to find your girlfriend in bed with your best friend, or whatever. Think of something that makes you angry and see the contraction in the system. You can be really angry if you need. Don't worry, it's okay. Or think of somebody you really don't like. And see that you can be aware of this feeling as well, this emotion as well. And now continue independently changing emotions. One time creating expansion. You can repeat the same emotion thinking of something you love or something nice that happened or something funny. And then create something that causes fear or uh, jealousy or anger or hate, whatever sadness and play between expansion and contraction you don't need to hurry slowly just play between expansion and contraction and now check see that you are the one who is aware of expansion and contraction and check do you end when contraction ends do you start again when uh, expansion is created do you end when expansion ends do you start again when contraction starts? Check what happens to you who is aware of the expansion and the contraction or the different emotion. What happens to you? You that is aware. And see that you that is aware, you stay the same. You are aware both in front of expansion and contraction. 
only the feeling of expansion and contraction is completely different. The expansion makes you very comfortable, the contraction makes you very huh, uncomfortable. But you are still aware of being comfortable and being uncomfortable, or of expanding and contracting. You who is aware, you stay the same, aware in both cases. Check. And now add to these feelings the idea of I, your identity with them. So when you create expansion, say or feel I am happy, I am expanding, I am well. And then when we, you create contraction, bring the idea, the identity, I am angry, I am sad, I cannot manage. You bring your identity with the feelings. I love him, I hate him. Bring your identity to it. And check, are you who is aware? Do you change when your identity changes between I am happy or I am sad, I love or I hate? Check what happens to you who is aware. Are you the same or do you change with the change of identities? And see that you keep being aware the same. When there is an identity of I love him, or I hate him, or I want to kill him, or whatever identity you bring there with the feeling, see that to all of them you are aware in the same way. The identity changes, the feeling of I changes. All of this is changing, all of this is temporary. But you who is aware, you are there the same, aware. You are not starting and ending and changing. It is the identity that changes. Check, you will see. And see that you who is aware, you completely don't depend on the feeling. The feeling is an external object you are aware of. Your identity with the feeling is an external object you can perceive. But you yourself, you don't depend on it. Whether there is identity with I am, I love him or I hate him. I am okay or I'm not okay. You don't depend on that. You who is aware, you are completely free. 
of whatever identity, whatever feeling there is in the system. Check, you can see. And now create the most horrible suffering. You know, think of your worst suffering in your life, in the past or in the future. See this big, big contraction. You know, your most horrible suffering. And see that you can be aware of this suffering. And the suffering is an object you are aware of. Bring your worst suffering, your worst, worst nightmare. Your worst depression or fear or whatever, bring it. See that it's an object you can be aware of, this feeling of suffering. And now, bring your most wonderful happiness, your most wonderful pleasure. Imagine you have reached heaven, you have, have everything you want. You know, the, imagine your most wonderful moments in your life. Your complete freedom, whatever it is that you want. And see that this is also a feeling you can be aware of. This is also an object of perception. The most wonderful feeling, the most wonderful pleasure or bliss or happiness. Continue a little bit more. And now create the suffering again with the identity. I am suffering. Bring this identity. I am suffering. And see that you can be aware of this feeling. You can be aware of this identity. I am suffering. And when you feel ready, create the opposite. I am flying, I am wonderful, I am in heaven. And see this identity with your happiness. I am in the most wonderful situation I've ever been. And see that this is also an object of perception. And this is also temporary. And now check, you who is aware of all of this, do you depend on the existence of I am suffering or I am flying or I am wonderful, I am enjoying? Do you change, you who is aware? Do you change according to the identity, whether I am suffering or I am enjoying? 
and see that you who is aware you continue being aware only that one time you are aware of i am suffering and another time you are aware of i am enjoying but this suffering and enjoying are completely different than you you don't depend on whichever feeling or identity there is you stay the same only aware and it is the identities and the feelings that completely change that completely differ from each other but you who is aware you stay aware both to the feeling i am miserable and the feeling i am enjoying check you will see And say that you who is aware you are free from whatever identity or feeling there is. You are free from the most horrible suffering. You are free from the most wonderful pleasure. The most horrible suffering and the most wonderful pleasure are external objects you are aware of. They don't change you. They don't influence your ability to be aware. And now think, if you had this knowledge, that you are completely different from any identity you have, How will this influence your life from any identity or from any feeling? How will this influence your life? That you are free from whatever their object you perceive. And if you know that whatever object you perceive is temporary and changing and will continue to change and transform forever, but you who is aware you are always the same, free of them, and always the same, how will this influence your life? And if suffering is only an object of perception and the identity I am suffering is only an object of perception and you are free from them, do you still need to be free of suffering? If you realize you are already free. And then think of something nice. Think of a person you like or a place you like or your dog. And take a deep breath. And when you feel ready, open your eyes.
so let's see what happened. <laughs> uh, were you able to create expansion and contraction? Yeah? Not so difficult, right? Have you seen all emotions are only these two things, either the whole system expands, the whole system contracts. And then, um, did you realize that you who, who is aware, you don't expand and contract, you stay aware, and it is expansion, contraction, they are temporary, but you are there aware all the time? Well, is this clear? No? Question? No. Hmm? Mm, it's like the awareness that I am a witness, that's the temporary bit for me. The, mm. the thoughts, the feelings, I get the little snatches of, yeah, there's awareness, but the, the strong feeling in the minute is any thought I go to, that, that can gobble me up. And then, Very so good, I, because the awareness is not a feeling. You're looking to create a feeling of awareness, but this mm. is not the idea. The idea mm. is only to be aware of what there is not to create a feeling of awareness because the feeling of the awareness will be of what world? Yeah. The changing and the temporary again. But it's like, what about the, the, bit, the, the bit that I'm on about where I think I'm being aware is when mm. I go, I am aware. Mm -mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I am aware of being happy. That's when I think, ah, I'm doing it. But yeah. I'm not. yeah, but this is, I am aware of being happy, of yeah. I am aware of there contraction. Is awareness of happiness. Yeah. Very good. I am aware of contraction, I am aware of expansion. This is what we want to be aware of, contraction and expansion, not I am aware of being aware. This is already something different. Yeah, that's the bit that I'm getting confused. That's the bit that I'm on about mm -hmm. that comes for a little mm -hmm. nanosecond. No, 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 go away, uh -huh. and it goes again. Yeah, because don't look for that. Okay, because this feeling, I am aware, is all, also a feeling and it's also a temporary thing. So what you have to look for is to see that now it is expansion and I can see expansion, right? Were mm. you able to see expansion? Mm. And then you were able to see contraction? Were yeah. you? And then expansion and contractions are temporary? Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And did you stop being aware when the contraction ended? Or did you continue to be aware when it transformed into expansion? I'm not sure. Were you able to see that one time you are expanding and one time you are oh, contracting? Sure, yeah. So yeah. you were still aware, mm. only one time of expansion, one time of contraction. Mm. This is what we want to realize. Okay, that there is, it, there is there something that watches and can see the changes of feelings and emotions. We don't need to look for this thing. Don't look for the awareness. Mm. Look to see the changing pattern of whatever there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And then you will be able... Because this awareness doesn't have a feeling. It doesn't have anything. The only thing it can do is to be aware. So don't look for it. Just look to see the world and the changing uh, nature of the world. And this will keep you aware. So what was the difference between being lost uncontrollably mm. in a nice thought or a bad thought and having the awareness that you lost or something. What's the difference between just daydreaming mm. and having awareness that there's daydreaming? Yeah, when you are aware that you're daydreaming, you can see daydreaming as an object. Mm. Yeah, you say, oh, now I am daydreaming, now I, now I am alert, now I am like this, now I am like that. So you are, this awareness is active. But when you daydream and you're not aware of it, you follow whatever story and then you will see there is this moment of awakening and saying, oh, 
I was daydreaming. But in that moment, your awareness was not active. It was just completely uh, like uh, colored by the movement of the mind of the daydreaming. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. If you are daydreaming, it's like you are sleeping, so that you cannot be awake, no? You cannot be aware of being dreaming. Yeah, you can be aware of being, uh, of daydreaming. You can be aware of the movements of the mind. Only, like, it will be like this, uh, what we are practicing, you know, to becoming aware during the practice, and then I can see that I am falling asleep. I can see that now I am awaking. I can see that now I am imagining. imagining. We can develop awareness in front of of the different patterns or different movements of the mind. But in the beginning... So dreaming is in the mind also. Sorry? Dreaming is in the yeah, mind. Yeah, dreaming also. is in the mind, sleep is in the mind, all of that. And we can develop awareness and see these movements. But uh, when, this, uh, when we're not trained, we will easily get lost. It's like uh, in the beginning we get lost in thoughts very easily. Right? And in imaginations. But when we develop the ability to see, to keep this awareness active, we can realize, oh, there was a thought, or this is uh, some imagination. We can, it's like we stay aware, uh, or we uh, start to be aware to the different movements of the mind. But this is something that we develop. In the beginning, every movement of the mind carries us away immediately. Okay? Yeah. More questions before we continue? Okay. And then we created not only the emotions, but this identity with the emotions, were you able to see it? That I am suffering or I am enjoying. There is this feeling of I connected to the things that we feel. Were you able to create this? Were you able to be aware of one moment I am suffering and one moment I am enjoying? Were you be able to see that you are the one who is aware of these different identities? Yeah? Okay, so we already can see that there is this difference between us and our identities. We can look at our identities as objects of perceptions as well. And then we can see that our identities, they change. One moment I can think I am the most wonderful person or I am uh, in heaven and then another moment I can be I am suffering and I am uh, miserable. So our identities can change, but us who are aware of the identities, did we change? You, you were aware of the identities. Did you change when the identity changed? No. Were you able to see it? It's a little bit subtle. But if we practice, we will see that actually we stay aware to whatever identity we have. We stay aware at the, the, exactly the same way whether we identify ourselves as being wonderful or as being horrible or whether we identify ourselves with being very happy or very sad. We are still the one who is aware. But this is very subtle, and we have to develop this ability. Uh, any questions? Yeah. So, would it be valid to say that suffering is an inevitable? Because when you believe in the ever-changing, we're going to have like a plus, we're going to have a minus. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we become aware of it, we don't have to suffer because we suffer. Exactly. In a way, we. Like we can have like the first degree of suffering, which is mm -hmm. part of the uh, inevitable uh, like dual reality that we live in, but mm -hmm. we don't have to, in a way, to take it seriously and believe it and suffer because we suffer. Exactly. And then at the same time, we don't have to be uh, like uh, ecstatic because we are ecstatic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, we realize that you are actually always the same, observing, mm -hmm. aware, 
of ecstatic or of suffering. And then because of this, remember we said what is the source of suffering? Avidya, the uh, conjunction or this uh, connection between us and the emotion. Mm -hmm. So then when, uh, usually when there is suffering, we immediately think we suffer. Mm. But then if we realize that actually this feeling of we suffer is an, something that we can view, we realize, mm. ah, we ourselves, we do not suffer. There is a place where the suffering doesn't exist. Yeah. The suffering exists as an object of perception but not in the awareness itself. The awareness itself was free of suffering or enjoying. Have you been, were you able to see it a little bit? In a way, we are in a point of, of balance within the suffering or within the, uh, um, the positive feeling. And at the same time, we can say that we are... that the, all this is inside this point that we are... Yeah, I will not say a point of balance. I will say we are completely different. Mm -hmm. It's like I put this notebook in the air. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I can say this notebook is in the air. Yeah. But is it in the air? No, the air is completely different than the notebook. The air is not changing by the notebook. Mm -hmm. And if I try to leave my notebook in the air, it's not going to stick to it. Because it has completely different characteristics. I can put the notebook on the floor because the notebook is temporary and the floor is temporary and both of them are object of perception. But the space, which is not appearing, it has no, no form, no sound, no nothing, cannot collect anything. Nothing colors it, nothing sticks to it. So the same disawareness, nothing sticks to the awareness. It seems as if there is suffering inside the awareness, as if there is enjoyment in the awareness. But actually all of that are like objects floating there, but not coloring and not changing it. The awareness stay the same, just aware. And the different emotions are the different emotions, like the different objects. The world are many things. Emotions are many. So, you understand? But, so, yeah. But there is kind of a connection between the eye and the world and the changing things. Like, you are connected with it somehow, like you want to go, if you're just the eye, will observe so you can do, say you go to do this thing or another to uh, why are you doing this fear or another like because you want to or because you have a feeling to and then you're connected like the mm -hmm. notebook stays in the air mm -hmm. so there is there is a connection and this I that you're talking about is it a feeling of I when you say I do you feel it Say I for a moment. Do you feel it? Yeah, it's a feeling. So this I that you're talking about is actually another temporary thing, another thing that belongs to the system. It's not, it doesn't belong to the awareness. The awareness can be aware of a feeling of I, but even this I is not in this empty place of the awareness. What is the difference between your awareness and my awareness? No, like... There is no difference. Like there is no difference from this space and the space in China. But the object, the notebook in China and the notebooks here are different. But the space here and the space in China are, is the same. Why? <clears throat> the silence in China and the silence here is the same. But the sounds can be different. Why? Because they are on different levels. Like the, the sounds and the, the silence or the, the notebook and the space, they are not on the... Like the, the notebook and the sounds, they are on the, on the 
temporary and the ever-changing, while the notion, the idea of space or the idea of silence, in a way, they're on a different level. Mm. They're constant. Why? Very good, because silence and space, they are empty. They have no form. They don't appear, so they cannot mm. be different. Only something that appears, like a notebook, like a sound, like a shape, can be different. But something that doesn't appear, that doesn't have no form, no shape, no sound, cannot be different. It cannot be divided, cannot be nothing to it. So this is why this awareness is same in all of us. It's something that does not exist, does not have any shape, any form, any, anything that can define it. But in shape, we are different. In ideas, we are different. In emotions, we are different. In knowledge, we are different. Because all of these are things that appear. But in something that doesn't appear, we are the same. This is the idea of awareness. So the awareness is the space that this object occupies, and then the idea of the I is this actual object mm -hmm. that yeah. has qualities. Uh... Yeah, the, min the minute it is something that can be perceived, mm -hmm. it goes to the temporary and changing nature, mm -hmm. and it becomes immediately an object of perception. Mm -hmm. So even if I bring, I say, okay, I'm looking for awareness, is it possible to find awareness? No. no. And this is one of the biggest mistakes we do. We try to look for awareness. But awareness, if I say, oh, this is awareness, what is it? It's an object of perception. It again becomes an object of perception, so again belongs to the temporary and changing world. So if we want to realize awareness, it's not by looking for it. It is by looking at the temporary world and watching it uh, changing and manifesting and and realizing that I continue watching. By continue watching, we realize awareness. But by looking for awareness, we will find a feeling, a temporary feeling or idea. Okay? It's an idea, it's, it's, an idea, it's absolutely understandable. And trying to figure a life, which is like when you are the observer and everything is just happening. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, so something is going to it now, you know, so something is, uh, everything is happening. Mm -hmm. But what is the, you observe, like the observation is everything, but mm -hmm. still something connected this observer with, with, with the things that are happening. There's uh, conjunctions all the time. Oh. Uh, no, like otherwise you are, you are just like, uh, like everything just happening and that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is how you feel. Mm -hmm. This is how you feel constantly. You. Yeah. When we really talk you. about action in the world, we will see. We realize that there is something that acts in the world and something that is completely detached from action. But uh, just wait with this question, okay? Because we're t going to talk about it very soon, in uh, detail. Yeah? But uh, mm -hmm. it's a good one. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> נכון אמרנו שהדבר היחיד הקבוע הוא המודעות והוא גם זה שעובר את הגלגולים, הדבר היחיד ש... כן, בכאילו. כן, אוקיי. ואז דיברנו על זה שאת מגיעה לעולם עם ידע כלשהו, שהיה לך את הידע הזה. אז איך, אם זה דבר שהוא ריק, אז איך זה הגיוני ש... Mm -hmm. Okay, she's asking about the uh, reincarnations and about uh, 
the fact that it is as if this awareness is going through different reincarnation and it collects knowledge and the knowledge mm. stays. But it's not this awareness that goes through incarnations. The awareness is always the same. It cannot incarnate or not. Mm. What goes through this incarnation is our need to do the journey to self-realization. And as long as the need is there, we are going to collect knowledge little by little with our different lives and then eventually when we have realized the complete nature of ourselves, we realize that actually have we ever incarnated or not mm. never actually nothing ever happened but mm. as long as we are in a video it seems as if we are going through something but then we realize it's not us that we went through something is this need that went through something but not us mm. but this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, more questions, yeah. Mm, say, I mean, I've, I've been sort of, I suppose I've been toying with it really, you know, like the past and I, and quantum physics, you know, and I can accept that blue doesn't exist and that mountain doesn't really exist. And, but, you know, the, I, me, when it comes to me, I can, wherever I stay now, it's like a big elastic band and I can, I can say now this week, you know, yeah, I don't exist. But it's like a big elastic band that immediately comes back, yeah, I exist, you know, mm -hmm. and I own all these feelings, especially my feelings, you know. And it's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. My mind can accept all sorts of weird shit now. But the thing that I don't exist is a killer, you know, it's a big thing to, you say it's easy, I knew it for you, and it is easy, and, and it's easy, because I get it. Mm -hmm. But then, it's like the elastic band comes, yeah. Yeah, but luckily we didn't even say one time that we don't exist. We completely exist. The feeling of I connected to this mind and body and our emotion and our life experiences completely exist and exist in a temporary and changing nature. And then we realize there is something more that views this existence. And this something more has different characteristics. It doesn't change. It doesn't start and end. It doesn't... Uh, um, have anything, it only observes. That's all. So we completely exist, but this existence is temporary and changing. And then there is another thing that has not the feeling of existence and no characteristic of existence that observes. That's it. Okay? And but, my, but even but my, my, the, it's so strong, the I thing, mm -hmm. that yeah, we don't, it, it wants to apply a different law to to me than it does to the color blue and that mountain and yeah no problem because this feeling of i we don't need to change it but you can see that you can observe it how do you know this feeling of i is there because you couldn't observe it exactly mm. so again there are these two things mm. the strong feeling of i and something that is aware of this strong feeling of i this is why the yoga it never tells you you have to change anything you don't have to make yourself happy or sad you don't have to have positive uh, uh, um, thoughts, you don't have to uh, kill your identities. You only have to do what? Observe. Observe everything. Very good. Be aware of everything. And then, again and again, you can realize the difference between you and all everything else. This is the idea. Okay? Don't try to change nothing. Just try to observe everything. And this will make the change. Okay? This will put you where you are and it will put your instrument where it is, and then it will be, uh, when we talk about the action, you will see how it makes your life better, how it leads you to, uh, to uh, fulfilling your purposes or whatever. I More questions? Question. Yes. What, uh, what realizes 
the difference or the awareness. What is, where is the place I realize? Mm -hmm. Where is it? Uh, it's in the mind. It, no, yeah. the mind is the, the, the mind is our tool to, for the knowledge and you are aware of the knowledge. So the mind perceives the difference and you are aware can of the, the difference. Can the mind perceive itself? Sorry? Can the mind perceive itself? The mind can perceive. It's a, it's a, a, a thoughts, feelings, emotion, movement. Yes, it can show all of that, and it it has this also characteristic uh, like a mirror. It can also show you the one your face, the one who is looking at the mind. So this is why the yoga says the human mind is very special. It has the ability to show not only life and whatever is happening, but also it is able to show us our true nature, ourselves. This is something that animals do not have, according to yoga or plants and all of that. Only the human mind have this ability. So, I, so just to put the, so it's not, awareness doesn't realize nothing, it's mm -hmm. only aware. Mm -hmm. Aware of the realization that happens in the mind. As, yeah. a, as something that uh, changes as, as well. As knowledge, yes. And, and maybe mm -hmm. it's just a different, um, part of the mind that can realize um, uh, what is the mind all doing all the time. But uh, yeah, but, but then it, mm -hmm. yeah. But you check the characteristic and you see the characteristic are completely different. One is always there. Is not uh, cannot you cannot look for it. You it cannot show. It cannot do nothing. And the other one is always transforming, always moving, always changing. This is the idea. So you realize that actually in this world there are like two different potentials. That they are creating one, yes. But there are two different potentials, or two different things. One that is constant and one that is changing. And together they create everything that we know, yeah. uh, including the human system. But, um, uh, who makes the effort? I mean... There, there is all this talk about uh -huh. determinism. You know, everything is just like this, mm -hmm. create this, and this, and this, and this, and then the observer. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you say, okay, now I'll do this, and then you do it, mm -hmm. and it seems not part of the same, like this is changing to this, but you make some, there is an eye who do, mm -hmm. who decides something, but it's not the observer. It's not the observer. But it's, it's also, yeah. but this eye is also, mm -hmm. It's something that is active, not just passive. Uh -huh, yes. So what? Yeah, it is part of our system. Uh, when the yoga talks about uh, the human system, it has a complete. Uh, it shows the complete mechanism of the human system. It is very accurate, accurate, and uh, it um, uh, you can see it in the philosophy called Shankya philosophy. If you want to look for it, what's, and what's that? Shankya philosophy, <laughs> and there it uh, talks about the different levels of mind, and it says. The most subtle level of mind is this intelligent mind, is the aware mind. That uh, he, he's, this is the one that uh, directs the actions, that puts the effort, that yeah. decides between useful or not useful. This is called the buddhi. Okay. But this is also of the mind. It is not yeah, of. Yeah, that's where the sattva is. No? Yeah, 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 completely. Okay. This is where the sattva is, yes, and this okay. is like reflection of the awareness, but it's not the awareness itself. A uh, 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 simple example is, uh, imagine you look at the mirror and you see your, your face. And you see it. You and see your, it. Is... Yeah, and then you see your face in the mirror. What is the difference between your face in the mirror and your face? Hmm? But imagine you're looking at the mirror. You see exactly your face. 
But what is the difference between your face in the mirror and your face? That's the mirror. It's the mirror. It's opposite. You can break the mirror, but your face won't break. Very good. Your face in the mirror depends on the mirror. Okay? If the mirror is dirty or broken, your face in the mirror is not going to appear, but your face is not going to be changed because your face in the mirror disappeared. Okay? Your face is the mirror in the, uh, your face, the, your real face is undepending on what is happening in the mirror. But your face in the mirror depends completely on what happens to the mirror. This is the same idea of this feeling of awareness that we have, this buddhi, this intelligent part, depends on what is happening in the mind and the body and will depend on the state of the mind. If the mind is quiet, this is what we read the other day. If the mind is quiet and uh, motionless, then this uh, the face of the mirror, it's, uh, it's like a clean and steady mirror, so my face will appear in it. But if the mind is dirty or moving or broken, then my face in the mirror will not appear or will appear twisted. So um, we, in the yoga, we create this uh, clear and steady mind. It's like we are cleaning the mirror so we can see our reflection. But why do we see? Why do we want to see our reflection in the mirror? It's the only way to perceive ourselves. Only way to perceive ourselves, and then, for not to need the mirror anymore, to realize that our existence actually does not depend on the mirror, that our true awareness, the, our real nature, is not the nature of the mirror, or is not this feeling of I in the system. It is completely not depending on the mirror, and then the mirror can break, or I don't need it, and then I am free of the mirror. And this is free of samsara, or free of this mind and body. But before that, we completely dependent on the mirror to reflect who we are. We needed it to make the journey. But afterwards, we realize, oh, actually, we never depended on the mirror. We were always existing separately from it. You understand? Yeah, but, but as far as we have a mirror, uh -huh. it's because we need it. No? Exactly, exactly. So the moment you realize that you are completely different than the mirror, and you realize you don't need it, not even in its most clean state, because you have realized completely that you are different, then you don't need it, and then you are not... And it eventually will break, naturally break, like every other material, mm -hmm. and then you will not get another one. But if you have not yet understood that you don't need the mirror, you're going to get another one. Nice, huh? The mirror is the high, the intelligent eye. This is what... Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, the mirror is like the mind, and the mind in its clean state will have your image, will have the image of awareness. This is the intelligent part. Because you can see people that their mind is messed up, there is not intelligent there. They can kill a person over a fight on a, a seat in the beach, a chair in the beach. Mm -hmm. Why? Because there is not like this intelligent telling them, oh, this is not, uh, this is only a chair, let go. They are completely like, uh, you know, the, there is no, this uh, awareness, there, there is not a little bit reflection of awareness, there is only automatic actions, which we're going to talk about later. So in the yoga, we first clean the mirror and we become more and more aware. It means... In the mirror, we see more and more of our true face. And then our actions change. They become more and more aware. So but the eye is the one who cleaned the mirror or is the mirror? Now, hmm? I don't understand the metaphor anymore. Yeah, it is the same. Mm -hmm. Because this, of course, we are in, um, <laughs> the mind has many controls, many things it can do. It doesn't only show you your face. 
Mm-hmm. It also controls all our life, all of our actions. Mm-hmm. So I am using the mind to clean the mind. I'm using the mind to decide to sit for meditation five minutes every day. Mm-hmm. I use, but for example, when you are completely unaware, can you decide to sit for five minutes every day? No, no you cannot. So it is the more we have this intelligent part of the mirror active, the more we can decide our own actions the more we can support the existence of a mirror to make it more and more clean, the more we will see our face, and then one day we will have the full realization of who we are, then, we, uh, yeah, after some time, we will understand that we don't even need the mirror anymore. In the beginning, we will very much enjoy looking at ourselves in the mirror. <laughs> For some time, it can take even so years. can say maybe that we are developing this mirror yeah. uh, the, the the part of our mind that is observing awareness and awareness is only aware and we are aware when we are observing but the sense of i because it's still there because we are still uh, using that part of the mind that is the, that can be aware there and the, spa- um, the space where we observe everything is from that place. We cannot yes. not be there. So, In the beginning, we think that we observe from the eye of the mirror. Because in the beginning, remember this avidya, this wrong knowledge? The wrong knowledge is to think that I am the face in the mirror. And then I think from the face of the mirror, I perceive the world. From the face of the mirror, I act. From the face of the mirror, I do all of this. I comp- this is our avidya. And then think that if you think that you are the face of the mirror, what are you going to be wor- very worried about? The mirror. <laughs> yeah, what happens to the mirror to all the time? And then if there is a scratch on the mirror, what are you going to think? <laughs> that you are scratched. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if there is mud on the mirror, you are going to think that you are covered with mud. This is what people think. They said, we say our parents screwed us yeah but, they but, but damaged it, us they uh, you know in hebrew but we in have way, it we need clear mirror mm. to see but if it's scratch it's, mm. it, it, there is it's harder to see now or you need to see without the mirror now no you need to see the scratches and to realize that you are the one watching the scratches but you are not the scratches themselves yeah? this so is maybe it. you need to concentrate more to see in the mirror and then yeah. you see more yeah because you I, don't yeah, but what did they teach us? They teach us try to heal the scratches. Yeah, try yeah, to heal your traumas. Of the, of the mirror perfect. Yeah, and we say, no, just realize that the scratches are not on you. Then what do you have to heal? Doesn't matter how much mud I put on the mirror, how much I scratch it, your face, your real face stays exactly the same, untouched. But in psychology, they taught us because there are scratches on the mirror, now you have to heal the scratches, you have to heal your traumas, and we put a lot of effort in trying to heal the mirror, when we actually, we don't need, there is a shortcut. Just look at the mirror and realize the scratches are not on you. This will be enough. But some people, they like to take the long route, and other people, they take the shortcut. The yoga is the shortcut. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you understand the idea? So... In this process, the more the mirror, in the beginning we had to make the mirror a little bit clean to see that there is a face there. And then we realize, oh, this face is ours. And the, um, and that, but we do not depend on the reflection in the mirror. And then we can completely let go of the mirror. We don't need it anymore. And we continue to exist exactly the same, with or without the mirror, 
and with not depending on what is happening in the mirror. So imagine that you live your life like this, not depending on what is happening to your body, whether your body gets old. <laughs> but how many people that identify with their body and the body gets old, what happens to them? Yeah, they start to suffer with old age. Or uh, how many people, because they identify with what is happening to their mind, they're all the time in this highs and lows of life. Now I am okay, now I am not okay. But imagine that you know that you are completely different than the mind, and the mind can continue being high and low, but you know that you are not affected by that. And now, after we have realized this, now we can go into action in the world, uh, and we will see that our action will be completely different, not depending on the mind, but depending on life itself, but in a moment. But, but we still prefer the mind to be quiet, no? No, you can create it, but you also realize, for example, I prefer my pot, my pots that I use in the kitchen. I prefer prefer the dishes that I use in the kitchen to be clean. What's wrong with pot? Pot is a vagina. Anyway, so I prefer my dishes. You <laughs> know, I prefer my dishes to be clean. But when I use them, can they stay clean? No. No. Imagine you try to use your dishes and keep them clean in the same time. Is it going to be possible? No. So this is what we have to realize about life. We cannot live in life and keep our mind quiet and still. This is not because when we use the mind, it's, <laughs> it starts to change and transform and collect a lot of stuff. But after, the, at the end of the day, I clean the dishes, I can also clean the mind to prepare it for the next day. So the people who try to keep their mind always still and steady and clean, they suffer a lot because it's not possible. And they will have to practice like four hours every day to try to manage it. And they stop eating because they don't want to dirty the dishes. So. Question? Yeah, question. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do crying, anger, all of this come in? Because if you understand, okay, this is all external and nothing really uh, affects me, mm-hmm. but still the body has these automatic actions of crying, of anger. Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. get to a point where this doesn't happen? No, it doesn't matter if it happens or not. But you can use it, like you, you will be able, uh, it will depend on the situation. For example, if now you have to stand in front of the class, mm-hmm. but you just broke up with your boyfriend, you don't want to come to up in, in front of the class and start crying and shouting. You want to be able to see that you are very upset and still talk normally to the class. And later when you go home, you can cry as much as you want. And so we start to be able to act in a youthful way, feeling whatever we feel, and then if it is... Uh, useful now to cry, I can cry, and if it's useful to shout, I can shout. But if it's not useful, I can also not do it. But we, according to what you're saying, when would it be useful to cry? If you know, if you are alone in the house and you want to cry, then cry. No, mm. but if you know that it's it's not you and it's temporary, you will not need to cry, but you will be able to do it if you want. It's not that we say don't cry. This is not the idea. Yeah, no. If, but... Okay, then if it is suitable for you to cry, if you find it reliefing, releasing, or whatever, so then you can cry. But if you 
just feel sadness and it doesn't come with tears, then not a problem. Uh, it's not that we put crying in a special place. It's either you cry or you don't cry, it doesn't matter for the yoga. But if because you are crying, now you cannot do your exam or this or that that you need to do, then it becomes a problem. And there we want to be able to act according to the situation. For example, I'm thinking about the situation in France when I got very angry with my sister and you said whatever. She's just saying something. It's not a reason to be angry, but the, the automatic action is anger. Oh. In that second, is there a, a way that if you get to a certain point, you don't feel that anger? No, you will feel the contraction of anger. But then if it's not necessarily useful to be acting in a manner of anger, like to stop or to start avoiding her in the middle of your family vacation will not be a useful action. So even though you're angry, you can still do a useful action for your relationship. But in that moment, it's unavoidable. To feel? The to reaction feel is going to be always. This we're not trying to control. You can be angry, jealous, upset, happy, whatever. This is, the yoga doesn't mess with this. It says feel everything, be aware of what you're feeling. But act according to the situation. And in a moment, we're going to talk about it. Okay, let's take a break. And we come back. We still have to conclude all this. <laughs> and then uh, talk about the action in the world. What happens now that we have realized uh, who we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I want to do is just like, sit under it. Okay, so uh, we saw that uh, we can observe our emotions, our feelings, um, and we have to maybe practice it a little bit, but the technique will be the same, and you can try it in your daily life to start to see, uh, to sit and just to bring different emotions and start to see that you are the one observing all of them, and the emotions are changing and temporary. And even if you bring the most horrible emotion, the biggest suffering, still is going to be different than you. It's going to be an object that you perceive. It's going to be temporary. Now the suffering comes, now it goes. But whatever suffering you bring, you will always see that you are the one that survives after it passed. And when it passed, you are there still. And it's interesting to see that actually this thing we meet in our life all the time. Because uh, think of your life until now. How many emotions did you have? Huh? So many. How many times did you think this is going to be like the end of me? This I'm not going to overcome. This is too much. And what uh, happened? You always survive. doesn't matter what you felt. And uh, you're still here. And where are all the emotions that you felt during your life? Where are they? All of them are gone. So life shows us this nature of uh, difference between us and our emotions. But somehow we don't realize it. Uh, because they taught us differently. They taught us to talk as if we are our emotion. They taught us to identify with our emotion. So we, we are like blind to the truth. But the moment we start to check a little bit, we will see it very clearly. I like to give an image to make this idea uh, even more clear. Think of a necklace. And um, the necklace has different beads. And every bead can be an experience of your life. So there were moments that you were very happy and moments you were very sad and moments that you succeeded and moments that you failed. And these are many different beads, many different colors, many different forms. But there is one thing that is connecting all the beads. What? The thread. 
and the thread all over the necklace, doesn't matter which bead is on it, is exactly the same. And the thread, doesn't matter which bead is on it, doesn't transform by the bead. But when the bead is covering the thread, do you see the thread? No, it's like the thread has disappeared and only the bead is there. And in that moment, you, uh, you have to believe that the thread is there. You cannot see it. But if you wait a little bit or if you do this movement of the bead, then you will realize the thread is actually underneath it. And it is exactly the same, doesn't matter if the bead is on it or not. So this is what the yoga wants to teach us with this practice. It says, look at the different experience, look at the different beads coming and going, but realize that underneath there is one thing that connects everything, and this is your ability to be aware. You are there all the time aware, and the different beads are coming and going. You are the connecting thread. You are not changing by whatever experience you have. And when you have this understanding, then finally you can make your necklace very colorful, very, you know, with many different experiences because we cannot control which experience comes to us. We cannot control if our parents die when we are young or we get raped or we get uh, win the lottery or whatever. All of these things are going to happen or not. These are the beads on our necklace. But if we realize that whatever happens, there is something that connects and this thing doesn't change and we are stable there or we find our stability there, then uh, we, have, we realize that uh, actually our life is just a one very big, uh, wonderful, colorful uh, necklace. And all necklaces are the same. Like all of them are necklaces and all of them are, you know, eventually uh, each one has its own story, its own uh, glory, its own beauty. Um, any questions about this? So think of this image. I like to keep this image of the necklace in my mind. It helps me a lot. And then in the, during the daily life, you can start to see it. Uh, see that in the morning you, you woke up and you were a little bit like down. And then suddenly in the lunchtime you find yourself very happy. And then uh, in the night uh, you find yourself very worried. And see, ah, there was a bit of a uh, little bit down in the morning. And then it was a bit of happiness in the noontime. And then there was a bit of uh, being worried at night. But what connected all these bits is me. I am still there, and only the bit changes. And so you will be able to see this also in your daily life, and this knowledge will become more vivid inside you. Okay? Questions? Uh, I want to show you how Patanjali puts these two ideas of the difference between uh, the, the thread and the beads, or what of us and our experiences. Uh, in chapter number two, he gives description of the changing world and he gives description of the awareness and he says like this it's uh, chapter 2 uh, sutra number 18 he says the characteristics of the seeable or all of object all of what can be seen whatever we perceive doesn't matter if it is something gross like a bell or something subtle like an emotion or an idea all what can be seen has uh, the same characteristic as uh, being able to, as being perceived, it can be perceived, it can be active, and it can be steady. And so we can see all of the things that we perceive either, well, first of all, they can be perceived, and then they can be moving, changing, or they can be stable. But this will be the characteristic of all phenomena. And then it says it, they are made up of basic elements, 
like uh, the basic elements in yoga are uh, uh, space, air, fire, wood, this, but you can talk about it in science language and say atoms and electrons and whatever. Yeah, so they are made up. Everything that can be perceived is made up of basic elements and uh, of the sense organs. So we can see that everything is uh, that we can perceive is also uh, not only uh, things of the world, but also our sense perceptions. This is also part of the seeable, of the world that can be perceived. And then it says something very nice. It says, its function is to serve the experience and liberation of the seer. Its function, its purpose, its purpose is to serve the experience and the liberation of the seer. Just what we talked about before, what Nia said. Okay, so whatever there is that we can perceive is a base for our experience. We use it uh, for our experience and we use it for being liberating or for liberation. How do we use it for... Um, how we use it for experience is very clear. Yeah, we experience everything. How do we use it to liberate? Get knowledge. Because the awareness you can only see through the things that are not awareness, so the moving of things. Very good. I use them to observe them, and the moment I observe them, I can realize I am the observer. So all things are, in the one hand, our experiences, random experiences, and on the other hand, when I look at them, they become my uh, the source of my liberation, because I realize, oh, I am different than them. So this is for the yoga, this is the whole purpose of the world. It is only to help us do this, uh, the way, from uh, bondage to liberation. This is why life exists in general for yoga. Right, so there are like two steps, like uh, experience and then understand that I'm not mm -hmm. yes. the thing I experience. Yeah, and then uh, the yoga calls these two steps, uh, is boga and apavarga. Boga is going in the experience, and first we can see, when we live, we, we live for experiences. For example, uh, we all the time chase experiences, or we look for the food to be tasty, uh, the place to be nice, the seminar to be interesting, uh, my boyfriend to love me. I look always for experiences. But then, when we start our way to liberate from suffering, instead of looking for the experience, we look to look at the experience, to use the experience to get knowledge. And then we are on the way of Apavarga. So we but use it. In a way, there is, uh, there is, um, can, can you experience and watch the experience at the same time? Or you need yeah. to experience, like you need to go through the experience? Or mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's gonna it, be it's simultaneous? Equal. Yeah, in the beginning you only experience, you don't look at it. And mm -hmm. then the yoga teaches you mm -hmm. what, you look at your experience. So mm -hmm. then you can see you are sad, or you can feel sadness, mm -hmm. and you can look at the sadness. Mm -hmm. And you can be happy and you can look at the happiness. So the experience in there is there, and I develop the ability to watch it. But more for the thing that present that I look, or the things that I take my mind into my experience? No, it always has to be a present experience. Mm. Now, yoga doesn't go to the past. If it goes to the past, if you think of, a, I, like I instructed, think of something sad that happened, mm -hmm. it was only to create now the feeling of sadness. And it is on the feeling of sadness that I want to watch, that I want to uh, look. Or I can tell you, bring a memory. 
But then the memory, although mm-hmm. it is the it's, stories it's of the past, the, the memory is in the present, and then I tell you, look at the memory. Yeah, yeah. So it's always, whatever we can observe, always has to be something that exists now. So what are the two things? Bolga, going into the experience. Yeah, and, and looking for experience, and Apavalga is using the experience to realize our nature, for to do the way out of suffering. So we are not, we are not interested anymore if it is a nice experience, or bad experience, whatever experience it is, I use it to look at it, to realize its temporary nature and my eternal nature. And then imagine life is completely different because before that we were all the time chasing nice experiences, nice experience, and, and all the, ni- the not nice experiences, they were like outside life and there were something wrong in our life. But the moment we start to use all experience to gain knowledge, then our life becomes complete. Then we can finally start living. Yeah. We were delaying the, the journey while we are picking the experience. Say, oh, this one I will have, the other one I throw it away. Yeah, but not delaying the journey because then you realize, because you're always looking for a nice experience mm-hmm. and you put aside all the rest of them, in, in one point you will realize that actually you cannot do it. Yeah. And then the suffering will be enough for you to start the journey of the other side, like mm-hmm. the next step. So it's not delaying, it's actually yeah. part of the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It seems, it seems that uh, there is a. Wanted to ask something? No. <laughs> it seems that uh, the um, the suffering is hard. I mean, it's said that yoga is for everybody, mm-hmm. but it seems that suffering is is something that you need a lot of strength to to meet it and to stay with it. Mm-hmm. It's like a choice that you go back and back and. Mm-hmm. It's like it seems not very it's almost our nature is not natural to us yeah uh-huh. every so. time our system contracts it will mm-hmm. immediately try to avoid this contraction mm-hmm. and then the yoga teaches us instead of yeah instead of immediately doing an action to avoid the contraction watch the contraction and mm-hmm. realize the nature of contraction mm-hmm. if you realize the nature of contraction what will you realize that it's temporary. temporary. Huh? That it's temporary. Temporary. What else? You are not the construction. Contraction. And what else? <laughs> that it is exactly similar to expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there is no difference between contraction and expansion because both of them are temporary changing phenomena and object of perception. So then we can finally contract freely. But before that, we give a lot of ideas about contraction. We say contraction is bad. Contraction can damage you, contraction is this, this and that. But, uh, and this is wrong knowledge, this is to view contraction through the ideas of our mind. But if I view it as it is, I will realize it's true nature. It is only something that comes up, that goes down, that I can watch, and actually is different than me and equal to any other experience in the world. But and then again, you can... Sorry. Uh, but again, the place that realize is in the mind. Yeah, of course. And, and everything that you process is in the mind. Yeah. Awareness, nothing yeah. happens we're there. In the moment, we're going to call about, talk about awareness. In a moment. Don't worry. We're all the time talking about yeah, but awareness. Yeah, uh, but see how potentially this practice. In a moment, it will give you an answer for that. So it's just like okay. to check, to check the <laughs> contraction. <laughs> you might see somebody, and you, because of the practice, you, you feel the contraction. And then you can think, well, that person is a dickhead and they're violent, and I'm going to obey the contraction this time. Mm-hmm. If it's useful, but in a moment we're going to talk about the action. First, mm. just let's, okay. what about we, this sutra? Whatever experience you have, 
can either serve you as an experience or can serve your journey for liberation. If you do what we have done now, look at it and see its temporary nature and realize your constant uh, awareness. And then in Sutra number 20, in chapter 2, he described the seer and he says this wonderful thing. The seer can only observe. And although it is pure, it observes through the content of the mind. So here is your answer. Okay? The seer, us, we can only observe. We cannot do nothing. We don't go through any process. We don't gain knowledge. We don't lose knowledge. We are not the ones in avidya. But we will be aware of whatever there is in the mind. So if in the mind is wrong knowledge, this is what we are going to be aware of and this is going to direct our actions. And if in the mind there is right knowledge, this is what is going, we are going to be aware of. And if the mind tells me, I am the mind, this is what I will know. And if the mind tells me, ah, the mind is here to serve me, I am the one aware of the content of the mind, this is what I will know. So all the process goes in the mind only. The mind gain, the transformation of knowledge happens in the mind. But I am aware of it. And then when the mind shows me my true face, telling me, you are actually completely separated than me. I am your tool. You are the driver, but you are not bound by me. Nothing that happens in me, not, not even my identities. This is what the mind says. Not even what I identify myself as being like this and like this. Nothing of what is going on in me applies to you. Then is when we understand our true nature. Uh, remember we talked about the journey being a change of identity from identifying with the mind then identifying ourselves as free of the mind but where is the identity? In the, mind. in the mind exactly so the identity of the mind changes or this thing this ability of the mind to identify changes and instead of identifying me with the mind it starts to identify me with the driver of the mind with the master of the mind, with the seer. And then we understand our liberation. Were we really liberated from anything? No, why not? Because we were never Because we were never bound. This empty place was always empty. And so there was actually not a process of binding and liberating. But we had to have the change of understanding. Because in the past we thought we were slaves. We thought that we were suffering. And now we realize we never did. So this is the only change that happens. The seer doesn't go through any transformation. She understand? It's nice, huh? The whole yoga is only a change of knowledge. That is all. Only a change of identity. That is all. Nothing more happens. No worlds are shaking. Nothing changes. Only this. The changes of the change of knowledge. Yes. Why are we enslaved then for expansion and try to avoid? Um, why is the system built in this way? Yeah, I mean, there's no difference between them anyway. Yeah. So why in the first place? Yeah, this uh, expansion and contraction mechanism of the human system is there is the automatic uh, mechanism to su sustain life. Well, we so, know that it doesn't sustain life necessarily. If I get expansion from a cigarette, it does not sustain life. Exactly. So then this is exactly the problem. But first, let's talk about when it does sustain life. For example, when I walk and I see a snake, and my whole system contracts and stops. This is automatic contraction and action, and this sustains my life. And if I see, I don't and know. It also depends on, like, 
Informal knowledge. If yeah. I grew up with snakes and no worries. Yeah. Okay. But still, if you grew up with snakes and you know to identify rattlesnakes, then your system will contract and will avoid immediately for to save you, to save your life. And this is doesn't involve any kind of thinking or any awareness. This is automatic in the system. So as long as these automatic actions are really supporting our life, they are wonderful and the yoga says go for it. But there will be moments where when we try to avoid things that are actually are not harmful for us. Or we try to get things that are actually harmful for us and then yoga says there you have to start to choose your actions. And this leads us exactly to where we need to, to go now that we talk about karma yoga. And so I'm going to talk it in general and it's going to give you an answer. Okay? Now in our journey, we, we have done the Hatha Yoga, we stable the mind, the Raja Yoga, we learn to control it and make it steady and clear. We did the Jnana Yoga, we got the knowledge. Now we know there are two separate things, separated things. Now we are in the Kalma Yoga, we have to start to change our actions from automatic actions that are based on contraction and expansion, avoiding and trying to hold, to uh, useful action or manual actions that go uh, that support our existence or support uh, our goals the automatic actions as i said now some of them support life and they are okay and we don't want to touch them the uh, automatic actions that don't support our life these ones we have to change for example uh, many people when they fear or fear causes them contraction okay for all of us fear is contraction because of this contraction in the system, the system immediately starts to reject this feeling of contraction. So most of the people, when they feel fear, the first thing they will try to do is to stop the fear. What, we, what do we do in order to stop the fear? To stop the source of the fear. And to avoid the source of the fear. So if I have fear from flying, if when I come to the plane, I get this contraction of fear, I will avoid going on the plane. And if I get fear when I have to talk in front of people, I will avoid talking in front of people. And if I fear because I see a snake, I will avoid the snake. And the yoga says, to avoid the snake automatically when you fear, this is very good. This is not a problem. But not to take the plane or not to stand in front of the class because you fear, this is actually maybe not very useful for your life because you wanted to reach somewhere with the plane or you wanted to finish your uh, degree with the with the, uh, uh, with the classes so there you the yoga wants to teach us see your fear the moment you see your fear what happened to you you became aware of the fear see your uh, desire to avoid the situation you don't want to take the plane you don't want to go in front of the class and then ask yourself something very simple. Ask yourself, what is my goal? Why am I here in front of the plane? Why am I here in front of the class? And, what will, and the second question, what will be the useful action to, get my, uh, to fulfill my purpose or to feel, fulfill my goal? So I am there in front of the class. I see my fear. I see that I don't want to go in front of the class. I become aware. Mm -hmm. And then I ask, what is my purpose here? My purpose is to finish my degree. Then what is the useful action? The useful action is to present my uh, work. And then I am going to go in front of the class and I'm going to present my work. Why? 
because I am the one that is controlling this mind and this system. And I can take this system now and stand in front of the class. And this is how we start to create useful actions that will get us the results that we want. What will be the, the result of that? If in, in your life, you can start to do more and more useful actions. What will be the result? Very good. You will start to get the, the results that you want. You, you will start to get the fruits of your action. What will happen if you get the fruit of your actions? You will be very satisfied. <laughs> okay? Because if my goal was to finish my degree and I finish it, then I am very satisfied with that. Okay? Or if my goal was to grow mango and I managed to do it, I will have the bliss of a lot of mango. So we will see that a lot of bliss or a lot of, uh, it's not a feeling of bliss, but a lot of like abundance will come because we are able to do the useful actions. For example, if I am able to get up and practice every day, I will get the result of a healthy body. If I am able to practice meditation every day, I will get the result of a healthy mind. All of this is abundance. But if I work according to my automatic actions, and when I have the thought, what is the point to go out of bed, or when I think of practice, I get contraction, because I don't want this effort, and then I avoid the, the, the mat, then I will realize that actually my body becomes less and less useful, or more and more a source of pain, and my mind becomes, instead of a useful tool, becomes more and more dark, and I don't know what, and then, instead of getting what I want, I start to get like suffering in return, or at least I don't get the things that were supposed to support my existence. So this is the whole science of uh, useful action. Very simple. <laughs> <laughs> Questions? Is it the whole teaching you could say then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And is there other other is there other techniques? Or this is the mid no, other techniques to learn how to to stop automatically. Okay. For me, this is the technique I use. Maybe yeah. there are others, but for me, this is very useful. And uh, see that this is very interesting. It starts from becoming aware to what we feel. This is why the yoga says never, you don't have to change what you feel. Use what you feel. If you are afraid, don't think, oh, I have to be brave. Or if you are depressed, don't think, oh, I don't have to be depressed. Use the depression. Use the fear. Look at them. You will become aware. And then, from this awareness, you can move your attention to the outer situation, outside situation, and ask, what was my purpose here? What is the useful action? And you will be able to do it. Um, so, uh, this is why the yoga is so useful and simple, because it doesn't talk about changing what we feel. This is very complicated. This we cannot control. But to act in the world, we can do very easily. This is something in our hand. I can now choose to drink water or I can choose to open the book. These actions I can control, but what to feel? Huh, we know it. We have no control there. One moment somebody says something to us and we are like upside down in a moment. This have, we have no choice there. But with the actions we can choose. And then we become the masters of our lives and then we start, well, before that we have already been released from suffering because we realize that in this aware state this awareness is completely free of everything, so we have already freed ourselves from suffering. But now, not only that we are free from suffering, we, get, we start to get the fruit of everything we want. And then our life becomes 
abundance of beautiful things and relationship and whatever. Questions? Yes. And still within this framework, like this complete framework that you've described, it's still sort of like valid to find myself in the situation where I will be angry and maybe I even talk to you in a way that I don't like and then I can withdraw, uh, have the realization, the, have the clarity and then come back to you and say, hey, Galit, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, I was uh, uh, mm -hmm. carried away mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, move on. Like we're yes. not looking actually for a kind of mm -hmm. life that uh, everything is uh, mm -hmm. blissful and wonderful and slow. Yeah. Like that can be the result, but uh, mm -hmm. we may still have like moments like, you know, fuck off moments. Yeah. And this mm. is very good remark because uh, sometimes the automatic uh, action will take control. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that I, do, I want to talk nicely, but still I will find myself insulting. But the nice thing about the useful action that every moment is a chance for another action. So even if I have if I found myself shouting at my partner and I realize that it was a mistake, the next moment I can come and apologize. And the next moment I can, and if I didn't apologize well, the next moment I can apologize better. Every moment of our life is a moment of action and there we can always improve. And it is very nice to see that our life is the result of our actions. They are not the result of what we feel and what we think. For example, we are all here because we took the actions of coming here. But how many of us had a thought to come or not to come? And many different feelings and ideas. Where are all these feelings and ideas now? Where are they? They are not here. But what is here now? The result of your actions. So if you start to take responsible, responsibility over your actions, you will see that you can start to create the life that you want. But they taught us to mess with what we feel. And people always try to change what we f they feel and change what they think. But there is the, this is not important. This doesn't control our life. This doesn't decide our life. This is so momentarily changing all the time. So instead of fighting and trying to shape what you feel and what you think, put your effort in acting. And the moment you do that, you will see your life going the direction that you want. Still, there will be things that you cannot control. People are going to talk to you like people talk. Things are going to happen. Planes are going to crash. But still, every moment will be another moment of action that you can become aware and you can choose. And then every moment you can, you know, improve your life or do the useful actions. Like philosophy. Hmm? Yes, please. Hmm. Uh, no, I had enough, but philosophically, not matter what the condition, like the... Pre the then it's crashing now, so uh, you still have, you still can decide in your uh, view, like how to accept it in a way. Well, or depends. If this is very something very extreme for the system, it's going to be all automatically, and yeah. it's going to scream like all the other people yeah. are screaming in the plane, and then it's not a problem because the yoga doesn't go against automatic actions. But it says when you have the ability to choose, and your automatic action is not the useful one, then if you choose it, you will see better fruits for your actions. That is all. Okay, mother, uh, I, I feel that purpose is kind of a mis mysterious thing mm. because it's not like a, I want to be an actor, I'm about to be a writer, I want to write a book. Mm. It's more like it's more subtle than this. Oh, so when I ask myself, what mm. is my purpose? Mm. I never, mm. like I did a lot of degrees, I never was satisfied mm. from it. And I, the things I did, I, I, I didn't feel satisfied from mm. it. Like I felt that the purpose is more subtle. Mm. So I can feel sometimes that I'm 
going towards my parents because I don't know what it is, like great fears or shocks, sometimes like they, they have like a lot of power. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, okay. In this, first of all, uh, there are two things, two, uh, um, yeah, two things. Start to view purposes as being in the moment. So when you ask, what is my purpose? What is my purpose being in this seminar? What is my purpose of sitting here now? And then if you ask myself, why am I here now? What is the answer? To learn. Okay, this is why I am here. So what is the useful action? To listen. To listen. And then I'm in the toilet. And I ask myself, what is my purpose here? <laughs> okay, very good. And then what is the useful action? To take my pants down. Okay. <laughs> Better to take it. And like this, when you start to take the life... Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Okay. When, when you start to make the life this little situation, only looking at now at the situation, you will see it is so clear, the purpose of every moment, because we are not just suddenly arrived in Canary Islands. You know, we are here because there was a purpose. So you start to view like this, you will see you will get a very correct answer or very easy answer every time you look at why I am here now. Why am I in the car? For example, with people with anxiety, yeah, they, they get anxiety while driving and they stop driving. And I teach them, in the car, ask yourself why I am in the car. What will be the answer? I wanted to visit my friend. So what is the useful action? To keep on driving. And then... Life becomes very simple. So this is one thing. About the other thing you said, that you are not satisfied with everything you have done in your life, this is, of course, because none of them can be a source of the pleasure or a source of liberation from suffering because whatever we do in this life is temporary and we get temporary pleasure, but afterwards comes the suffering. So if you want to solve this big mystery or to, to get really what you want in the big story, then you have to do this journey into self-realization. The moment you do that, you will see that you have actually achieved everything that you wanted. You already have everything you want. You're already liberated from any kind of, um, of suffering. And then what, with whatever you do, you will be content. So whether you uh, manage to get this job or not, or you succeeded or you failed, or you have this or that, there will be always this bliss that is not connected to yeah. what you have. But is this purpose of uh, liberating myself from... Mm. It, it's in every moment, sometimes you don't understand like what is the right um, approach or um, action uh, because you don't see it, what is to be liberated from... Yeah, but this is why we have the way. And then if you understand the way, okay, you say there is this big purpose. And I can see that until now I didn't get it, but I want to get it. Mm -hmm. So now in the daily life, what is my, which step I am in the way? Is it the Hatha Yoga, the Raja Yoga, the Nyana Yoga, or the Karma Yoga? And then if I talk about the specific situation, it will be the mm -hmm. Karma Yoga, to do the aware action. And then do that. And this will take you in the, in the direction of this big goal of uh, realizing who you are and being released from suffering. Understand? Mm -hmm. Or simply just taking a break and say that the goal right now is to relax. So I just like I close the doors and I forget about everything. I don't torture my mind and I sleep and then. Yeah, and this is still doing an aware action. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. whatever action you do doesn't matter. If you've done it with awareness, you have done the step in Karma Yoga. You have identified yourself with the awareness instead of with the mind. Karma Yoga. Yeah. K A R M. A. Yeah. You understand? So actually, to do the aware. Uh, action 
it's always it's always the right yeah, action in exactly. a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when there is automatic action, you don't fight with it. Okay? Sometimes it's like this because it supports your life or is too strong. But the moment you can choose, do the useful action, the aware action, and it will take you into changing your identity and you will become more and more identified with the user of the mind, with the seer, and not with the mind. And this will always take you in the direction that you need to do. So this is why I tell people, just do useful actions. You know, support your existence, feed your body well. Give it the movement that it needs. Um, uh, breathe well. Uh, practice your mind. Um, you know, do useful actions and you are going in the way of out of suffering, even if you don't know what you want to do when you grow up. And even if you, you are confused, if now you continue your, your travel or you go look for work, all of this will not matter. If in any, every moment you practice the useful action, this is going to take you wherever you want and then you will realize it doesn't matter if you keep on traveling or you took a job. Each of them will give you the same opportunities to practice useful actions and each of them will be a source of pleasure and suffering anyway. Questions? Yeah. I think you, you kind of answered it now, but um, sometimes I, I am trying to do the useful actions and to take myself on that lane, but there is also the reality lane that is the day-to-day and I do need to find a job and I do need to make decisions that are not just for this moment. The goals are not just, they have uh, long-term uh, uh, effects on them. So, so when dealing with those things, how do I know? Maybe it really doesn't matter. As long, like for me, I will be okay. I will be okay with. Exactly. I can be a waitress now, exactly. and I will be okay. Exactly. But but I I think I can do more. More what? Maybe I can find something more that will be more beneficial and useful for the world. Very good. Then that supports that gives good conditions, and then just choose. Yeah, you know, when you think of goals, uh, faraway goals, things of things that will support your existence. Or we support your relationship, whether it's the earth, the water, the other people. It's something that nourishes, something that supports life. Because this is to be with life. This is what life is meant to do. And then whatever there you choose to do, as long as it's something that gives good conditions, you will see that you will be okay. And then in any of them, you will have the same struggles of, you know, the boss is not here, nice here, that this is like that, I have to stand in traffic, all of them. You know, we'll have the same ideas, the same, you know, experiences. And with all of them, you will deal in the same way with awareness and the useful action. And then the success is guaranteed. Mm, Yeah. The bit about um, learning not to just blindly obey your automatic actions. I get that. I get it, you know. (laughs) But every religion in a way says that. Most a lot of philosophies will tell you that. I just want to ask, just to remind myself, because I, 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 you know, there's nothing I disagree in what you say. I just find it hard for the penny to drop. Why is it so important to understand that the, the idea of yoga is to understand that there's the difference between permanence, things, there is things out there that are, awareness is, in, in, is permanent and everything else is, is impermanent. Why is it so important to understand that? Mm-hmm. Why, is it, why is it so crucial for this to work? Because mm-hmm. I get the bit about, yes, don't blindly. What's the, 
What's a simple connection or something? Yeah, this goes, takes us back to the beginning of our seminar. That we said yes, the yogis okay. identified that all of us have, we are slaves to this desire of attaining good and avoiding suffering. And only because we are slaves to that, uh, and the source of suffering is the avidya, the conjunction between ourselves and the mind, that we do this journey. If we were not slaves to both of these two forces, then all of this is not important at all. So it is because we are slave to this, we might as well give it a solution. And the solution is change your knowledge. How to change your knowledge? First make your mind a good tool, then investigate into the difference because the conjunction makes you suffer. So see that these are two different things. Then start to act according to this knowledge, understanding that you and your mind are two different things. Then the transformation of knowledge will be complete and then you will be out of suffering. Only because of that. Okay? Yeah, I'm being slave. Because it sounds, <laughs> on the surface, it sounds, it's okay to be a slave to wanting pleasure, but if you can't, if the pleasure's going to let you down all the time, then that's the trouble. Yeah, mm -hmm. because, and then the other says, for people who don't realize that they are suffering, they don't take this way, and they, I don't need to convince them that they are suffering and they need this way. But if you are already looking for a way out of suffering, check this one. You know, and it doesn't matter because you have checked already so many. And then if this one doesn't work for you, nothing <laughs> will happen. But uh, actually, if you take it, you will see that it goes there because it has been proven again and again. Mm. And also, we don't have to reach the final goal of full release from suffering. You will see that every step you take on, on in this way, you will have less suffering and more well-being. Every step. So for me, it's enough. If I know that every day from now on, is going to be less suffering and more well-being, is good enough. I don't need to reach the summit now. No, it's like a journey. It's, a, mm -hmm. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> more questions? So then we have only to complete. I'm taking a little bit, few more minutes. Uh, only the idea of Bhakti Yoga. So we have started to see the way to useful actions, okay, is to become aware of what we feel. With this awareness, ask what is the situation, what is the purpose, and what is the useful uh, action, and then if I can do it, and sometimes you will see that you know that the useful action is, but you can still not do it, then keep on practicing, eventually you will be able to do more and more useful actions. The more you do this, your identity of being the master of the mind will develop, until you are, will one day realize that you are completely different than your mind. That doesn't matter what your mind screams and shouts, is not affecting you that you cannot gain or lose from anything that goes on in the mind, which means you cannot gain and lose from any experience. You are not the one that enjoying success. You are not the one that is depressed from failure. All of that doesn't apply to you. And then you are completely free of the world because it doesn't matter how much money you have, you are not the one who is gaining it. And it doesn't matter how much fame you have, you are not the one that enjoying it. You are not nothing of that. You're not the one that makes the effort. You're not the one that is uh, giving up on anything. You're not, you're not involved in this story. And then you naturally proceed to Bhakti Yoga. What is Bhakti Yoga? It says, I am still alive. And like all living things, all things that are created, I have one purpose, to serve. And then we just start to serve. We no longer look for knowledge because we have completed the way. But because we are still alive, we use our life to be useful, but not wanting to gain anything. If we were dead, we were dead, no problem. But because we are still alive, 
then we start to live a useful life and we do, we fulfill what the yoga calls our dharma, our duty. And then it can be anything. For example, I can teach this knowledge. So this is what I do. This is my way to be useful. But I'm trying to be useful also in my relationships, in many things. <laughs> no, I wanted to say the way I drive, but it's not correct. But doesn't matter. Yeah, I have like, I can say my main way to be useful is teaching this knowledge because I can easily do it and I have the conditions to do it. But if I was, uh, I don't know, I was growing vegetables, you know, this was my, my thing I am good at. This will be my service to the world. But then in what way will I grow the vegetables? In a way that supports the life, in a way that serves the life. And I will not sell them for a lot of money because I know they are here to serve. And I will, um, I will do it in a way that is in harmony with everything. And I will do it as a service for things. I will still earn my living from it. But not, you know, I will know that I don't need to, uh, that um, the more money I have is not going anyway to accumulate on me. Or I don't need uh, thank you of the people or whatever. So whatever we do, we start to do as a service in a way of being useful. And then everything changes. Everything becomes very much in harmony. And whatever results we have, yeah, even people, uh, they don't say thank you or they criticize or whatever. We can learn from it, but it's not influencing us. It's, it's not going to um, uh, make me say, okay, then I stop selling uh, uh, tomatoes because nobody appreciates it. Okay, I will still do my service the best I can in a useful way, but not depending on the results. And this is big part. Uh, and when we do this, when we become really useful for the sake of being useful, not of the sake in gaining something, then we complete our purpose. And then we are, uh, uh, there will be no more need for another journey for us. This is the end of the road. Yes. Okay. I have a, a question and I'm going to use you as an example. I hope I'm not becoming disrespectful. But I think I've heard you, uh, or I've got the impression that uh, you have a will of uh, sort of like uh, changing the world. No. No. It's um, rumors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what I, what I want, where I want to get is that behind mm -hmm. your action, isn't there a will? Mm -hmm. Like how... In a way, no, I can tell you what direct my actions. Mm -hmm. Only to fulfill my duty as an instrument of knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's it. And if tomorrow I don't have the conditions to do it, I'm not going mm -hmm. to do it. And if tomorrow I have to, I don't know, uh, wash the floors or this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this will be my service. I'm going to do it in the, exactly the same yes, manner, yes, yes, in yes, a very yes. useful well, way. Well, you do it actually here because you're serving uh, mm -hmm. breakfast uh, yeah. while you're teaching. Yeah, you see? So, but if people get attached to what they do because they are the teachers and now they have to teach and if tomorrow they don't have any students, then their life collapse, this is not a bhakti. So you, you, have, you feel that you have the duty because you have in your hands the knowledge in a way. Yeah. So you feel that the useful action is instead of putting it in the drawer and saying, okay, I have this uh, text over there to take that text out and pass it on to people to read it in a way. No, it's because people come and ask me. So I have the duty to answer. But if nobody comes to ask, I'm not, I'm not myself going and preaching this knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's because people come to ask, I answer. 
if people ask you to, I don't know, do, do it. You know, if you can do it, do it. If you cannot do it, advise them on somebody else that can mm-hmm. do it. And then just we start to become useful. But we don't say, oh, because I do it, then you have to give me something in return. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to do it only if I get something in return. This is not bhakti. But someone may ask me to, to I don't know, to design a house mm-hmm. uh, for them. If I don't feel like that's something that I want to do in a way without take, getting something, like if, if the action of doing it is not what I'm getting back, mm-hmm. but like in a way, and I want something else in return, it, feels, it, it means that in a way that's not what I want to do. It's not my way. Yeah, if you do your action, you build a house only to get something in return, you will see yeah. the suffering there. Yes. But if you build a house because mm-hmm. you can do it and this is, you take it as your service mm-hmm. and you can still earn money from it. Yeah, yeah. But, but your whole action is there because you have the knowledge and you can do it. So you offer this service for the people and not expecting any result, mm-hmm. only the money that was guaranteed. But also this, you know that you know, if something happens, they can choose not to pay you. Mm-hmm. And you do it to fulfill your duty, you will see the freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And this will take you one step further on your way. Mm-hmm. But expecting the result or doing it only if I gain something in return, it takes you into identifying more with your mind. So it takes you the opposite way of liberation. We can never lose. If we do this uh, useful actions and if we do a service, we can never lose. But when we become selfish, we lose because we go the other way towards suffering. And eventually, it's not the money that is our reward in this life. How do we know it's not money and not fame that can be our, our reward in this life? Because it's temporary. Because we can see many people that have a lot of money and a lot of fame, and they are not satisfied. So this is not a reward. Reward. Reward is such a difficult word. Has to be something that really gives you something in return, like something that is beneficial for you. So if I can have a lot of money and it can, I can realize that this is not beneficial. Then money has not this quality of being a reward. So what can be a reward for us? Only our self-realization. This can be. This is the only thing that will take us where we want. And then whatever action you do and you take a step on the journey because of this action, even if they completely fucked you and took all your money, but you use this experience to grow in awareness, then you are the one that uh, gained. And they, they have their journey to do, but you don't mess with them. You have done your way. You have completed, uh, you have fulfilled your duty. And then life becomes very easy. And we stop depending so much on what other people do. You know, I can have the best intentions, but I can get a result completely different than what I imagined, but I don't depend on that. Whatever experience it brings me, I grow in awareness. And I next action I will do even more useful. And this is my journey. And then the success is guaranteed. <laughs> okay? Any more questions? So just to conclude our way, start with practicing your body, and your energy and your mind to create a clear and steady mind. Then use it, this nice mind that you have now, to see the difference between you and the temporary experiences. Then put this knowledge into practice in your daily life. Start to act from an aware way to do the useful action in every moment. Doesn't matter how many times you don't succeed, the next moment, try to do the next useful action. 
The more you do this, you will see your identity changes, and the more your identity changes, you will see that you stop depending on things that you gain or lose, and you become more free in your actions, and you can start to be more useful, more serving, and this will be uh, your way to liberation. All right? Good. Let's uh, finish with a thank you. <laughs> So just close your eyes for a moment, bring your thumbs together, and we can say a big thank you for the pleasure of being here and practicing and studying together, and may the result of everything that we've done here will be for the benefit of all creation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.